25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Hershkowitz there on the keyboard.
JM in the AM. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills on the web, jmintheam.org. Special good morning to our friends in Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Our friends in Rockland are going to be... Uh, are going to be utilized a lot today at 91.9 FM because there's a lot of folks who are shuttling back and forth between the New York, New Jersey area and the Catskills area. In fact, somebody on Friday told me they were listening to us on all three radio stations at different times during the morning, starting at 91.1, then switching to 91.9 in Rockland County, and eventually, of course, 90.1 in the Catskill region. It's Monday on this July 22nd. It's Tuba Av, the 15th day in the month of Av, the year 5773, Tufshin and Gimel, 76 degrees, scattered thunderstorms, high today 81, the low tonight 76, tomorrow 83 degrees. Rushalim is at 86, Tel Aviv, Haifa both at 84, a lot at 95. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Misora coming off a phenomenal visiting day. We had a fantastic time there yesterday, and a big hello to everybody who came over and that was speaking to me about the show. It was really a uh, a great crowd there yesterday. So up in Guilford, they're at 63 degrees, heading up to 81 later on, as they are getting set for another uh, amazing stretch of time up there in camp. And I know a lot of camps had visiting day yesterday. I hope it was... Uh, it was wonderful for everybody with fantastic reunions and a lot of fun and a good time to get together. And um, I guess there are more folks who will have visiting day this coming Sunday. <laughs> it, it seems to be one of those things that goes on on an almost regular basis during the summer. Uh, Monday morning, it's Tuba. <coughs> excuse me, it's Tuba. We'll speak later on with both Rosie Einhorn and Sherry Zimmerman. They've written a book, Dating Smart, Navigating the Path to Marriage. A good Tuba topic, that's for sure. So we'll speak to them later on. I'm here tomorrow, Mayor Weingarten on Wednesday, uh, Matis on Thursday, and then Friday from Champions Gate, the Yeshiva University Leadership Conference. Um, the president of Yeshiva University, Richard Joel, joins me Friday at 8 a.m. The annual State of the University Address, at least the one for this audience, takes place on this radio show. Well, I should say the one for the vast audience, right, for those outside the campus, takes place right here. On this radio show each year from the Champions Gate Yeshiva University Leadership Conference. That's where we will be on Friday morning broadcasting live. And we are very much looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us on this post-Nachamu Tubav morning on a Monday at JM in the AM. As we continue with Mendy Wurzberger. Philosophy, Hola, 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 H
Celebrate Tubav, huh? I'll tell you that much. We certainly do know how to celebrate Tubav. That is uh, an amazing selection from uh, Yaakov Shweki. Uh, it's called the Fast Medley off of the Live at Nokia CD. Uh, before that, Yaakov Shweki with Asher Barra, Shlomo and Ami Cohen with Asher Barra, Yisrael Juskowitz with Asher Barra, in honor of all 
the Chassanim and Kalas that are getting married on Tuba'av. Oh, yes. And, um... I'm told that Isaac Benishai, one of our amazing sports editors and the uh, founder of the um, Yeshiva League Sports Update here at JMDAM. I know there was a Yeshiva League Sports Update years ago with Steve Roth, but the uh, the rebirth of it was done by Isaac Benishai. Isaac's getting married tonight. Mazal Tov. There are a lot of Tubav weddings. We say Mazal Tov and try to get more Tubav selections on the air coming up at JMDAM. 76 degrees, scattered thunderstorms, a high temperature of 81. Scattered thunderstorms tonight with a low of 76. Tomorrow, the high of 83. Big hello to our friends up at Camp Missora and all the summer camps out there that had a wonderful visiting day yesterday. We had a great day, and I certainly hope you did as well, no matter where you spent your hot Sunday in July. I guess some places around the world are tuned in and wondering what do they mean by hot. <laughs> I've just, I've been getting so much response from places where it's not hot right now, <laughs> where, they're, where they're actually in the middle of winter, or uh, I'll tell you. A lot of different weather patterns on this world, that's for sure. And uh, right now we are uh, just coming off of a massive heat wave, for those of you who are tuned in and not familiar with what's been happening in New York and New Jersey. Got amazing response yesterday from people who listen to this radio program in Miami and Toronto and all these other places. It's really amazing. And I, uh, I thank all of them. No matter where you are, thanks for tuning in. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, WNYX Montgomery, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Galait's on the background news from Israel coming up. We'll try to see what the Jerusalem Post has to say about the chief rabbi election. Apparently the future Queen of England is in labor. I saw that earlier on one of the websites. I guess that'll be uh, news dominating the newscasts very soon. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to JM there. גלי צהל השעה שתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. יום שחור לנסראללה, מעתה ברשימה השחורה של האיחוד האירופי. כתבתנו אליל שחר. לאחר חקירה סמויה של היחידה הארצית לחקירות עונה. ראש הממשלה שוחח בימים האחרונים עם מנהיגים רבים באירופה במטרה לשכנע אותם להצביע בעד הכנסת חיזבאללה לרשימת ארגוני הטרור. עכשיו התברר שהמאמצים נשאו פרי, מועצת שרי החוץ של האיחוד הכניסה את חיזבאללה לרשימה השחורה. עד כאן. סגן ראש עיריית רעננה חשוד בשורה של עבירות פליליות כתבתנו הדס שטייף לאחר חקירה סמויה של היחידה הארצית לחקירות עונה נעצר הבוקר סגן ראש עיריית רעננה בניגוד לפרסום הקודם על כך שראש העיר נעצר החשדות המיוחסים לסגן ראש העיר הם קבלת שוחד מספקים וקבלנים בתמורה לקידום חוזים עוד עולה חשד כי ישתמש בכספי עמותה של ניל לצרכיו האישיים המשטרה ערכה הבוקר חיפוש בבית ובמשרדו יחד איתו נעצרו כמה ספקים וקבלנים תוך יממה אחת חשד למקרה שלישי של תביעה בים. יותם ברגר מעדכן. גופת גבר התגלתה צפה במים סמוך לחוף פתגלים בחיפה. צוות יאכטה ששטה באזור הבחין בה לפני הצהריים והזעיק את כוחות השיטור הימי. אנשי מד"א קבעו את מותו של האיש. בתל אביב גבר נמשך הבוקר מהמים ללא רוח חיים לאחר שככל הנראה טבע סמוך לחוף צ'ארלס קלור בדרום העיר. ההערכה היא כי מדובר בצעיר פלסטיני שנעדר מאז אתמול לאחר שנכנס למי הים. ואמש 
מותו למוות של אדם שניסה להציל את חיי ילדיו שיצאו בריאים ושלמים מהמים. מזג האוויר, מחר עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. צריכת החשמל בישראל הגיעה בשעה האחרונה ל-9,535 מגוואט, כ-83% מסך יכולת הייצור הכוללת. לפי תחזית חברת החשמל, בשעות השיא, הצריכה תטפס ל-84% מיכולת הייצור. ו... עיר הקודש מבססת את מעמדה כעיר הקולנוע. נטלי פורטמן ועמוס עוז משלבים ידיים בירושלים. כתבנו רון כלב. העיבוד הקולנועי לספרו של עמוס עוז, סיפור על אהבה וחושך, אותו תביים השחקנית נטלי פורטמן, שגם תחכב בו, יצולם בבירה ויזכה יחד עם עשר הפקות קולנוע ישראליות, לתמיכה של שישה מיליון שקלים מצד עיריית ירושלים. סיפור על אהבה וחושך מתרחש בירושלים של שנות הארבעים, ומתמקד בילדותו של המחבר עמוס עוז. אלה החדשות שעורך עידו קורן. the morning with as many Simon Tov selections and Asher Barah selections. After all, it is Tu Ba'av on this Monday here at JMNAM. 76 degrees, scattered thunderstorms, a high temperature of 81. Uh, New York City public advocate is Bill de Blasio. He was scheduled to join us last week. We were not able to make that happen, but he is joining us this morning on a Monday as we head back to work here at JMNAM. New York City public advocate uh, Bill de Blasio, candidate for mayor of New York. Welcome back to JMNAM. Good morning, Nakam, and all I can say is you are bright and lively on a Monday morning. You always impress me, sir. I appreciate that. Not easy to do, but thank you very much for that. Um, how How is the glad-handing in 90-plus uh, degree weather? Are you still pounding the pavement despite the big heat wave? The, you have to, and, and Nakam, i tell you one thing. You, you really have to believe that you have something to offer the city to go out in this heat. <laughs> you know, it's That's unbelievable. That's but true. Uh, everyone's in the same boat out there. People have been very uh, gracious about the fact that we're all sweating together. <laughs> and they're starting to figure out that in just seven weeks, they're making a very, very important decision about the future. It's interesting when the campaign is going on during the summer months. Not that people are completely out of it, obviously, but sometimes it is difficult to get everyone's attention when they're bouncing back and forth between work and vacation. Have you found this to be a tough time of year, or it's just as tough as any other time? You know, it's a little tougher because of that. On the other hand, it's a little slower, too, and people, you know, take a little more time to, to talk and to, you know, ask their questions. And you know something about 
our fellow New Yorkers. Everyone has a question. Everyone That's has true. an opinion. That's true. But no, I don't think it's so bad. I, th- I think there's a great argument that June elections would make things a little bit easier. But in the end, I think it really comes down to when people start to believe things matter, when they start to believe it's personal, you know, they focus. And that's just starting now. You know, we're seven weeks away tomorrow. And I see that focus beginning in a way I didn't even see a few weeks ago. Yeah, I'm sure you feel that the home stretch is coming. I'll ask you uh, about something very important to our community in a moment. But uh, another thing important to our community, but really important to all New Yorkers across the board, is... Uh, is uh, your reflections on your overnight in the housing complex. We read about this, and uh, with keen interest, uh, give us your impressions about spending the night uh, where you normally do not. Well, Nahum, it was very revealing. There's a lot of people in this town who are living in exceedingly tough conditions. And, you know, it's just not fair. This is paid for with taxpayer dollars, and it's not supposed to be this way. You know, what I saw is people living with, with real health and safety problems all around them, you know, not being addressed by the housing authority. Uh, the apartment I stayed in, the Wilson family, very kind people, hard-working people. You know, they have had mold and mildew. You know, they've had their kitchens been uh, absolutely unusable uh, for years. And, you know, the housing authority doesn't treat them the way a private landlord would, where there's a repair he made, the assumptions you got to do right away. Unfortunately, New York City Housing Authority thinks a year or two is an appropriate time to get around to make the repair. So this was eye-opening. And often only when the spotlight of media and publicity is shown on specific situations do you get those quick results. Without that, it's very hard to uh, to get people to act quickly. Right, and in the end, look, this is symptomatic of something bigger, and I talk about this all the time. You, you know my strong views on Mayor Bloomberg. Right. I don't think, Yanya, I led the opposition to him having a third term. I thought the change in term limits would result in just this. A guy who would be in office in a third term, out of touch with the outer boroughs, out of touch with families, out of touch with small business, out of touch with public housing tenants, and lo and behold, he doesn't feel any particular responsibility uh, for actually addressing these issues. And when I was there that night, you know, I felt like the people choose me, I better darn well get in here and find a way to improve people's lives because this is not a way to treat your fellow human being. Yeah, I have a feeling uh, if you move on to victory, you'll be reflecting on that night a lot during your administration. Bill de Blasio with his live via telephone public advocate, New York City. And by the way, if you're not willing to come out completely against the bike lanes, could you at least deputize me so I can start giving out tickets to those who are biking through red lights in New York City? Well, that's exactly right. I, I do believe in the bike lanes, as you know. I think some of them were handled wrong by the mayor, as usual, not listening to communities, not listening to small business, and putting some in the wrong way. But I do believe that bike lanes themselves can be a good thing. But, yeah, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who are bikers who say, fair is fair. If, if bikers break the law, they should be ticketed like anyone else. And certainly some of these delivery guys, you know, don't seem to, understand which way is a one-way on a one-way street, you know, so we uh, we do need to enforce that. That's only fair. Yeah, a friend of ours just got hit by a bike last week. Thank God she's all right, but uh, could have been a really disastrous situation. All right, uh, Bill de Blasio, let me read a couple of lines from this that our audience understands what's happening, because obviously to some people in our 
uh, community who are informed about this recent development and others who are not. Uh, public advocate Bill de Blasio last week exposed discriminatory practices by Saudi Arabian Airlines that prevent Israeli passengers, listen to this folks, from flying on the airline into or out of JFK Airport to any international destination. The airline's website currently allows North Korean passengers and even Antarcticans to book tickets while barring those with Israeli passports. In a letter to the airline's director general, Mr. de Blasio called for an immediate end to the practice, citing it is as a clear violation of federal and state laws. Uh, number one, thank you for discovering this. Number two, has your reaction prompted any action from them? No, you know what, Saudi Airlines, this is kind of classic of the Saudi regime. They like to have it both ways. You know, they like to take uh, the positive elements of being a U.S. ally and, on the other hand, foment terrorism and create havoc in the world. You know, the Saudi Airlines are not responding in any way we feel acceptable. They simply, here's the bottom line, when you land in the United States, when you do business in the United States, you have to follow U.S. law. When you're in New York City, which JFK is, you have to follow New York City law. We, in both cases, the, the, the city of New York, the federal government banned discrimination based on nationality. Our investigator called. Not only can you not say you're an Israeli citizen on their website when you book your ticket, and you have to declare your citizenship to book the ticket. Our investigator called to say, Oh, of course, there must be some mistake. I just want to clarify. And literally, supervisor gets on the phone and says, if you're an Israeli citizen, you're not welcome to fly with us. Mm. That is not allowable if you want to do business in the United States. So this is very similar to what we did with our IranWatchlist.com. We're simply saying this. you got to make a choice. If you want to be in the United States, you want the prestige of landing at JFK, and you have to follow our laws. If you don't follow our laws, get the hell out. And I think the bottom line here is we're going to use every power we have uh, to bring city, state, and federal action to have Saudi Airlines removed from JFK and other U.S. airports if they are going to continue this policy of breaking law. And we're also going to put pressure on their partners. You know, they're part of one of these um, Miles alliances. Right. And Delta is one of the members of that as well. It's not Delta's fault that Saudi Airlines is breaking the law, but we're going to ask Delta to help us put pressure on Saudi Airlines or consider uh, having them removed from that alliance. So you're not letting up. This is not one letter and done. You're, you're going to stay on top of this. You have to stay on top. And look, the bottom line is these you know, these regimes think they can get away with it. And, and bluntly, sometimes the United States has not been strong enough and clear enough, and we have to be here. You can't discriminate based on nationality. And if this is the kind of thing that undermines uh, the standing of Israel in the world, where people can openly discriminate against Israelis and get away with it. That's one thing if Iran is doing it. But if a country that's pretending to be our ally is getting away with it, and we look the other way, shame on us, then we're part of the problem, too. Well, I thank you, and I'm sure many people in the community thank you for being on top of this, and I hope that it will yield positive results very soon. Well, we're going to stay on it, and this is the only way to change anything in this world, Malcolm. And you, you know it. I've, I've seen the way you do your work, persistence and focus. And the bottom line is we have to stand by the state of Israel. You know, what we're dealing with with Egypt, with Syria, you know, it's, it's a time for Israel that is so insecure, so many question marks, and we have to stand by the state of Israel in everything we do.
I think it's really important we send that resolute signal. Ah, I appreciate that very much, and I'm sure many people, as I say, in our audience do as well. Well, Mr. Mr. de Blasio, thank you very much. Continued good luck, and uh, stay cool out there on the campaign trail. Now, come on. Just like you, I always stay cool. (laughs) I appreciate that. Bill de Blasio, who's been a great friend for many years here at JMN, public advocate, New York City, and of course, uh, one of the uh, candidates who's running in uh, the September 10th Democratic primary in New York. It's Monday at JMN on this tuba of at 14 minutes after 7 o'clock.
קודש לחול, חטאותינו ימחול, זרינו וחספינו ירבה כחול, וחגוכבים בלילה. יום פנק אצל תומר, נקרא לאל עלי גומר, אמר שומר עד הבוקר וגם לילה. צדקתך כהר תבוא, על חטא יבוא תבוא, כיום אתמול כי יעבור, והשמועה בלילה. חלפה עונת מלכתי, מי ייתן מנוחתי, יגעתי בהלכתי, אסחה בכל לילה. Thank you. 
Uncle Maishi with the exercise song. Uncle Maishi was one of the uh, folks who um, was featured in the Mishpacha magazine. Mishpacha is a magazine, a Jewish family weekly. 
and issue 468, which came out, uh, or which is dated July 17th, features a cover story. Still classics after all these years. The stage has gotten crowded, but the pioneers still shine. And I am proud to say that I am among those that uh, they put in this article, so thank you for that. It focuses on Yisrael Lam, on the Yaffa Gans, on myself, and the one and only Uncle Maishi. So that's uh, for Uncle Maishi, and I thank Mishpacha Magazine. Let me remind myself who uh, wrote the article here about... Um, about... Uh, still classics after all these years. Barbara Bensusan. Thank you, Barbara Bensusan. And thank you, Mishpacha Magazine. A lot of people mentioned it to me uh, yesterday up at Camp Masora, and I thank you for that. 28 minutes after 7 o'clock, 76 degrees, scattered thunderstorms, a high of 81. It's 2 Bob morning. The National Committee for the Furtherance of Jewish Education in Camp Amuna has the observance of the 23rd yard site of Rabbi Yaakov Yehuda Hecht, Rabbi J.J. Hecht. Uh, it's happening today at Ohel Chabad Labavitch, Francis Lewis Boulevard in Cambria Heights, New York. Mincha at 6.30. Uh, see them at 8 o'clock, followed by a special ceremony in a Sudas yard site. There'll be an inspiring program and a guest speaker. For information, ncfje.org or dial 718-735-0200. 718-735-0200. The Shloshim Observance for Cantor Moshe Shuloff takes place this coming Tuesday, tomorrow night, at Congregation Base Israel, 5602 11th Avenue in Borough Park. The event will feature Cantor's Sidney Dworkin, Daniel Gildar, Natanel Hershtik, Benzion Miller, Shimmy Miller, Zevi Muller, Benny Rogoznitsky, Usher Scharf, Nachman Schneider, Yaakov Rosenfeld, Robert Vague, and Sal Zim. Mr. Alan Gerber, a close friend of the Shoah family, will deliver the Hespid. Charlie Bernhout chairs the evening. Eva and Mickey Weinberger made it happen. Cantor Benny Rogoznitsky has coordinated the entire event, and they are ready tomorrow night at 8 p.m. for a Shloshim observance for Cantor Moshe Shulhoff, 5602 11th Avenue in Brooklyn, at Congregation Base Israel. Again, that begins at 8 o'clock. A reminder that Mayor Weingarten has something that we call the Israel Show every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. If you've never heard it, you got to tune in. You're in for a treat. It's on our stream at jmandtheam.org. The Israel Show happens this morning, fresh, live, brand new, from 9 until 10 Eastern Time on our stream at jmandtheam.org. And I can only imagine it being Tuba'av and the Maccabiah Games going on in Israel... And summer in general, I can only imagine what Mayor Weingarten is going to have today. I'm sure he'll have plenty of amazing features on this Tubav broadcast, so make sure to be tuned in. Again, it's right after JM in the AM, 9 o'clock this morning, Eastern Time, on our stream at jmintheam.org. We call it the Israel Show. Tubav morning, JM in the AM. Thanks so much for joining us. This time, each and every... Uh, Monday through Thursday, it's Rabbi David Goldwasser. His words, Echonishmas Arav Zev, Ben Yosef Halevi. Rabbi David Goldwasser's uh, on with morning chizuk. Good morning. Tuba'av, the 15th of Av, holds special significance in the Jewish calendar. There are a number of reasons for this. It's celebrated as a minor festival. Tachnun is not said. After the Chet Maraglim, the sin of the spies, Hashem decreed that every male between the ages of 20 and 60 would die in the Midbar. Every year, on the 9th of Av, all men in that age group would dig graves, lie down in their graves, and await their death. All those who remained alive at the end of the day would repeat this practice the following year. However, 
in the 40th year in the desert, the last 15,000 people who got ready to die that year on the 9th of Av arose the next day. Every subsequent night, they once again lay down in their graves, thinking that they might have miscalculated the date. On the 15th of Av, Tuba Av, when the full moon appeared, they understood that Klau Yisrael had finally been forgiven. After Yeruvim split the kingdom of Israel, he posted guards along the roads leading to Yerushalayim. He wanted to prevent the people from going up to the holy city for the Shlosh Regalim, the three pilgrim festivals. Hoshea ben Ela, the last king of Israel, wanted to repair this split to allow the people to make the three annual pilgrimages to Yerushalayim. On the day of Tuba Av, Hoshea's removal of the guards was a great cause for celebration. At the outset, when Bayesheni was rebuilt, it was very difficult to find the wood needed for the Mizbeach. The wood had to be collected from afar before the cold and the dampness set in, making the wood wormy and useless. The last day the wood was gathered was Tuba'av. It was a festive occasion each year when the quota was filled by that day. Long after the event, the Romans finally granted permission on Tuba'av to bury the bodies of those who had been killed in the defense of Betar. Following the case of the daughters of Tzlovchad, the daughters who inherited from their father when there were no sons, were forbidden to marry someone from a different tribe. Similarly, after the incident of the Pelegish Begiva, stated in Shoftim, the children of Israel swore not to allow their daughters to marry anyone from the Shevet Binyamin. Each of these prohibitions was lifted on Tuba'av. It was cause for great happiness as the women were free to marry any man from any tribe. Over the generations, this day has been presented in Mesech Tainus as a day devoted to marriage. Chazal tell us that on Tuba'av, the daughters of Yushalayim would go out and dance in the vineyards. They would be dressed in borrowed white dresses so as not to embarrass those who didn't have. The potential chasonim, the bridegrooms, would look on and choose a mate. Hagoiner of Shlomo Zaman Orbach offers an insightful perspective on the idea of inveagefen beinveagefen. He explains that just as a grown grapevine can't stand on its own, it has to lean on trees or other means of support. So too, a marriage is not self-sufficient. The new couple must lean on their forebears who preceded them to attain the guidance and support. Fortunate are those, he advises, who can establish their futures on the foundations of the past. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Shayam in the AM Monday. It's Tuba Av morning, as you heard Rabbi Goldwasser discuss moments ago, 26 minutes before 8 o'clock. And the authors, the co-authors of a brand new book, Dating Smart, Navigating the Path to Marriage, are Rosie Einhorn and Sherry Zimmerman, they are co-authors of the brand new book, a Menucha Publishers publication. I welcome both of you to JM and the AM. Rosie, Sherry, good morning to you. Good morning, Nachal. Thank you good for morning. having us on this morning. Now, I would say 
that there are so many diverse opinions on the issue of dating smart, navigating the path to marriage, that it's almost impossible to have co-authors, because I think any two people would have two different approaches. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> Um, not necessarily. Um, I think that we have a very similar approach, believe it or not. We've been working together Um, for over 15 years and actually became friends at our Sheva Brachas, which uh, my husband and I, which was 37 years ago. So our opinions are very similar. All right. That's good to know. So you're on the same page, as they'd say, in the the area of publishing. Why do you write the book? I know both of you have been uh, outspoken on this whole issue of dating, marriage, etc., and you've offered advice to people over the last couple of decades. Uh, why do you write the book? The book is a terrific guide for anybody who's dating. Uh, whether you're just beginning or whether you've had a long dry spell or whether you've been dating for years and haven't been successful. It's also a terrific guide for parents who want to know how to help their uh, children who are dating, even matchmakers and dating mentors can benefit from the book. Right, both of you, it, both of you are matchmakers, it because right? It, it was time. We wrote a book originally about 15 years ago called Talking Talkless. Right. We've learned a hell of a lot, pardon my language. We've <laughs> learned a heck of a lot since then. And uh, we wanted to share that with the Jewish community. And you're both Shadchanim, right? No, neither. No. Oh, neither of you are shatchanim. We are neither shatchanim. We are both psychotherapists. So it's not like you're doing it from the inside of being a shatchan, of being a matchmaker. You're doing it from the inside of simply helping people who have been navigating for all these years. That's right, exactly. and that's a exactly. large part of our professional practices. Rosie has been a psychotherapist for more than 30 years. I've been for considerably less. I was actually a family lawyer long before I became a therapist. Interesting. So I have a different perspective. Well, both of us have a goal of helping people find the right person to marry and build a really good marriage. The book is called Dating Smart, Navigating the Path to Marriage, Rosie Einhorn. And Sherry Zimmerman, I'm not sure who to turn to for which questions. I'll ask the two of you to handle that. So what are the big, on this tuba of, when everyone is focused on marriage um, and the uh, institution of marriage, what are the mistakes that people make when they're navigating the path to marriage? I think one of the mistakes they make is listening to everybody else Mm. and not understanding that they have to know themselves to know what's good for them. It's very important in order to find the right person to marry, to be true to yourself, and to figure out exactly what you're looking for. One of the things we have in the book that we feel is very important is something called 4 plus 4, which means four things about yourself, what defines you, and four things that you're looking for in somebody else. That's the beginning step to figuring out to find the person who's right for you. But it sounds like... um as we've heard in so many cases, that you're again advocating for people to, you know, to physically write out lists of what they're looking for and how they see themselves. And I would argue that so often, either one or both of those lists end up being trashed once two people start falling in love. Um, we're actually telling people to tone down their lists just to know themselves very well. There are only a few really critical qualities you have to look for. Really, the main things that people have to start with is values and goals and uh, an outlook on life that are compatible. And really, to have a list, he has to have this occupation. She has to have this talent. 
cut. Those are those are not important, right. and we try to emphasize to people that what really the essential qualities that you're looking for are things that you should um, tell people you're interested in, and that. Very often, people do marry somebody who isn't exactly on the list of everything they want, but they do usually have the essential elements that are really important to somebody. And and marriage, the eventuality of marriage, would often tell us that they didn't that that they didn't even know those things a hundred percent. In other words, they they may specifically you know want somebody who is uh, a specific type of person or looking for a specific value in them and not realizing that that values that the person they actually did meet and are marrying are more important than the other values that that they possess are more important than the ones that they were writing down and thinking about all these years. I mean, you know what I'm getting at. We, we, we agree with you a hundred percent. That's true. Uh, and uh, especially uh, people have a vision of a certain type that they've got to have. They have to just get rid of the exterior layers and look for what's really essential about that person or essential about what they're looking for. And th- But there is another mistake that people can make. If people don't have uh, a real clear, really clear idea of what's very important to them, and they date just about anybody who seems nice or who seems suggested to them, they're not going to connect, and they're going to start feeling terrible about themselves, mm-hmm. thinking, oh my goodness, there are so many people out there, and not any of them are even remotely somebody I could relate to. Mm-hmm. You have to give them starting points, and usually those starting points of at least values, goals, a hashgafa, worldview that are compatible, and a couple of personal qualities are really valuable. Those are the best starting points. So there's nothing, right. so there's nothing wrong with dating coaching, let's put it that way. It could only help the process in the situation. Right? I feel very strongly about it. Right. Um, we just did an article this week in Mishpacha Magazine about dating mentoring because we feel that the whole way that a person dates is based on many things, many times, that are not true for them. Mm-hmm. So that means that many, many times what happens is that you might depend on society to say, okay, you're 22, it's time to get married, just take a nice guy, and then you can build from there. And we feel that a an experienced dating mentor, a person who's married and went through the process themselves, can often help the person get married and help them navigate the whole dating process. Yeah. Uh, somewhere in the book, I don't remember what chapter I read it in, uh, there was a discussion of emotional intimacy, and, and you actually recommended that if someone has trouble opening up or has trouble conversing about personal things with someone, practice on somebody who you know, who you know really well for a long time. I thought that was a good piece of practical advice. Thank you. That, there's a lot that people can do to prepare themselves, and this isn't just for somebody who is shy or has difficulty opening up. This could be very helpful for somebody who never has learned how to get beyond, beyond super official conversation right. or um, or possibly has some communication difficulties 
You know, they're a little socially awkward, and they find themselves getting tongue-tied a lot when they're on a date. Practicing can also be very helpful for them. They feel more confident, and the conversation flows a lot better. Uh, as therapists, would you both say that fear plays a tremendous role in all this? In other words, the pre- I mean, there's a lot of pressure out there, obviously, for everybody in our community to be married, etc., etc. We know the whole routine. Uh, but there's some people who just are afraid of the whole process, and you just mentioned social, socially awkward. It could be on many different levels. Is uh, Do a lot of people approach you just afraid or that you've discovered through speaking to them that they, they simply are just afraid of the process? They don't want to jump in. Well, we've built it up in society to make it such a scary situation that I definitely agree. And many times I will have a client that comes in and I will ask them, tell me, is marriage scary to you? Mm. And then you're going to hear all the different things of what's, a, you know, if they have friends who have divorced, if they right. have friends who have had broke engagement. And they may never, they, they, may, they may never have confronted that question. As, as often as they've thought about marriage until you directly ask them, they may never have confronted directly, that question. Absolutely. Right. Directly all the time. Amazing. Uh, do you make general comments about the dating scene in the Jewish community? Do you make general comments about what you think works or doesn't work? Or essentially every system is good for somebody out there? The basic um, system... We definitely of- make many comments about it, and we have strong feelings, and um, <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, we do. And, and Nachum, the basic system of of building a relationship is true, uh, that we define in our book is true for just about anybody who's dating. Really, the time frame depends on the hashkafa and the the place that the person finds themselves on the spectrum in the Jewish community. But the way of deciding somebody's right for you and the way of building relationship is very universal. Uh, somebody who we respect a great deal, um, and I think I mentioned this to you guys uh, 15 years ago when we spoke about your first book, uh, mentioned on these airwaves that they're, that they're essentially only, two, you know, with all the questions that people ask, there are essentially only two questions you need to ask or you should ask. And one is, uh, does the person have a nice group of friends? And the other one is, you know, can you find out if the person is an honest person? That when they say something to you, you know, it's something that's that's true, and that you know that that, that they're known to be, uh, you know, truthful people. And I know that you may add a couple of questions to that, or you may, you know, have another short list, but not as short as that one. But I'm sure you understand where that person was coming from. I definitely understand. But now, in the past 15 years, I've seen something that's very, very scary to me, which is the fact that. I will ask somebody, do you like the person you're dating? And they can answer me in many different ways. Well, I think I might like him. I'm not sure. But we both feel, Sherry and I have discussed this many times, we feel very strongly that before you marry the person, you have to like them. Wow. There are a lot of people that get pushed into marriage by somebody who's very well-meaning, wants to see them married, or feels that maybe their emotional connection will grow later on. And in our experience, we've seen that it doesn't, and we have seen a terrible disservice to people having them pushed into a marriage where there are a couple of really essential ingredients that are missing, and they come to us later on the verge of divorce or very unhappy or they come to our colleagues and we don't like to see this wow i'll tell you it's a uh it's a difficult process for a lot of folks out there there's no question about it 
and uh, I'm sure a lot of the uh, emotional baggage that comes along with everybody, because all of us have some type of baggage, right? Everybody. <laughs> Everybody's got it. It certainly plays a role in all of this. Uh, so on Tuba Av, I mean, I did this today. You know, we discussed getting you guys on the air, and we did it today because today is such a day that focuses on marriage. But uh, is it is today a special day for the two of you? Is today a day where you'll, you'll be paying even more attention to your clients? Or uh, today is like any other day, since you're not really in the world of shatchanas, not in the world of matchmaking? Actually, we're not in the world of matchmaking, but each of us has tried and succeeded in helping um, make suggestions that came to fruition. Uh, We think that every Jew should be doing this. Every Jew should be trying to network for their friends and family and trying to see how they can help two people come together. But for my family, this is a very special day because 16 years ago we made Aliyah. So Fantastic. It's always a, a very special day for us. <laughs> Fantastic. You, you were set up at the land of Israel, and so far the relationship is going real well, huh? <laughs> That's wonderful. Rosie Einhorn and Sherry Zimmerman are co-authors of the brand new book, Dating Smart, Navigating the Path to Marriage, a book that on this tuba of we are highly recommending. It's a Manucha Publishers release. Ladies, how does one obtain the book? It's available in most major bookstores in the United States. Uh, it's also available from the Manucha Publishers website and from Amazon. All right, there you go. So it's uh, available basically on every avenue that people would suspect that it is. It's called Dating Smart, Navigating the Path to Marriage. I thank both of you. Continued success. Good luck with the book. And I know that in both of you are still writing, right? You're still writing uh, plenty of articles that people can uh, can access, correct? We write for the Jewish press every week, and we write H.com, and we're constantly thinking of new ideas and constantly... Yeah, you would think after all these years you've exhausted every single topic, but there's plenty of new material on a weekly basis, huh? All um, the it time. amazes us. Just crazy. Every time all we think time. we may not have an idea, something Baruch Hashem pops into our head, and we've got plenty of um, things to discuss. No wonder people have turned to you for help for quite a while. Thanks to the both of you, and, uh, and good luck with the book. Thank you, thank you, so thank you much. very much. And happy Tuba'av. Dating smart, navigating the path to marriage. My thanks to Rosie Einhorn, LCSW, and Sherry Zimmerman, JDMSC, both of whom are authors of this brand new book, Manucha Publishers. Check out the website, and as you heard, Amazon plus your Judaica stores have got the book as well. 11 minutes before 8 o'clock, it's Monday on this Tuba'av at JM in the AM. was almost extinct he had to marry outside himself they were so decreased in numbers they were allowed to get some help you rob on guards and guards to stop us at your door each year we try
J.M. in the A.M. Did my tuba of selection get interrupted? Unbelievable. One of the best ever. Schlock rock with tuba of. On this tuba of morning. How is it possible? How is it possible? <laughs> yeah, the best laid plans, I guess. Uh, can we get this going again? Let's see if we can get this to continue and go again. That would be great. Lenny with Tuba Ava, J.M. and We'll give it one more shot. Rich or poor, everyone would look beautiful. With borrowed clothes, so you aren't at all sure. Who had less or who had more? In Nissan, the rain goes and sun shines. The wood dries will last all year long.
Simon Tov, Mazel Tov. Trying to do as many Simon Tovs as we can today. It's Tubav, after all. And a lot of folks are getting married tonight. Schlock Rock with Tubav. We heard most of that song. What do you think? From Rejuvenated. It's a great Tubav selection. 76 degrees, scattered thunderstorms, high of 81. Big hello to our friends up at Camp Misora, who we saw yesterday. And I know a lot of summer camps enjoyed visiting day yesterday. So if you were up in the Catskill region and or beyond, hope you had a great day with family and friends, always a wonderful get-together, uh, reuniting during the summer Sundays. Monday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. I am here tomorrow. Matis, uh, Mayor Weingarten, rather, will be here Wednesday. Matis will be here Thursday, and then Friday we broadcast live from Champions Gate down in Florida. It is the Yeshiva University Leadership Conference. We'll speak to the president of Yeshiva University, Richard Joel, at 8 o'clock in the morning this coming Friday. Our weekly update should return next Friday here at JM in the AM. Don't forget Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show, two Bob edition. I don't know what he has planned, but I'm sure it's great. The Israel Show starts at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, right after JM in the AM, uh, coming up this morning. 
between 9 and 10 live on this Tuba of Monday. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, WNYX Montgomery, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial around the world on the web, jmnam.org.
J.M. in the A.M. Nagila, the cast of New Sinai Sound here at J.M. in the A.M. Don't forget, coming up at 9 o'clock, Mayor Weingarten, The Israel Show on jmtheam.org. On this Tuba'av morning, he'll be joining us, or I should say we'll be joining him for a 9 a.m. Eastern Time show on jmtheam.org. The um, High Court of Israel has ruled the potential future, uh, will, will rule the potential future of the chief rabbinate was at stake. The potential future of the chief rabbinate was at stake as lawyers for Tzfat Chief Rabbi Shmuel Eliyahu and Meretz M.K. Isawi Frej went head-to-head before the High Court of Justice on Wednesday following Frej's petition to disqualify Eliyahu from being able to participate in the Sephardi Chief Rabbi election. Attorney General Yehuda Weinstein last week barred Eliyahu from running for the position of Sephardi Chief Rabbi because of derogatory statements he made in the past regarding the Arab community. Frej's lawyer said that there cannot be any disagreement with, uh, that one who incites racism like Rabbi Eliyahu cannot stand behind the shield of freedom of speech. She implied that someone who has made racist comments is not a fit candidate to lead Israel's religious community. So there could be a change in the candidates for Chief Rabbi of Israel on the Sephardic side. And we, of course, continue to watch very closely the um, last moments of the campaign for Chief Rabbis of Israel going on as we speak. I believe the vote is Wednesday. That's what I believe. I believe the vote is Wednesday. So we'll see what happens, and uh, I'm sure it'll be discussed at some point here on JM in the AM. want to wish a mazel tov to Isaac Benishai. Anybody who knows um, which CD Isaac sings Sunshine, if you know it, email me. Nachum at WFMU.org. I'm trying to find it. He's getting married tonight on Tuba Av. I want to play it. Isaac Benishai, our great sports editor. Getting married tonight to Amanda Markovich. I want to wish the uh, Benishai and uh, Markovich families a big, big mazel to all of us here at JM and the AM. We'll try to get that song on before 9 o'clock this morning on this tuba of 76 degrees, scattered thunderstorms, a high temperature of 81. Meanwhile, for the Hassan and Kala, we've got Shlomo Kalbach at JM and the AM. We friends in former good times. We had great leaders. We had Sadiqim. We had great prophets. For Mashiach is coming, all of us are little prophets. You know what happened? The six million brought prophecy into the world. Because when they walked to the gas chambers, they saw what nobody saw before. I want you to know, friends, I was privileged to see soldiers late at night with a gun in their hand looking up to the sky. I can swear to you they saw what nobody saw before And they felt what nobody will ever feel again I've been privileged to hold hands of wounded soldiers They're waiting for Mashiach to bring them their eyes, their feet, their souls, their hearts And they feel what nobody felt before But you know, my friends, what keeps us going
Shalom, shalom. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. So all the um, so all the uh, brides and grooms getting married on this Tuba'av. Od Yishama, it's the great Rip Shlomo Kalbach, of course, right here at JM in the AM. 22 minutes after 8 o'clock, if you were listening, Erev Shabbos Nachamu, to our radio broadcaster by Scholar, Rabbi Scholar from High Lifeline was with us live via telephone. And we were discussing this unbelievable event, Bike for Chai, that happens on July 31st, starting July 31st, over two days. And <laughs> has generated an amazing outpouring of support for Chai Lifeline. you got to check out the website, bikeforchai.org. It's a number four, bikeforchai.org. It is unbelievable what's been raised so far, and it's unbelievable how many hundreds of runners are into this, how many hundreds of bikers, I should say, are into this, and are getting ready for July 31st by training hard and getting ready for that most amazing entrance into Camp Simcha, which is, of course, the most unbelievable finish line you could ever encounter. If you go online, there's millions of videos that you could see of when the bike for hires get to camp. It is just an emotional scene and a celebratory scene. Everything. It's unbelievable. Anyway, one of the actual bikers is with us live via telephone. Shmuel Weitzner is getting ready for the 31st of July. That's when he'll begin uh, a two-day, 170-mile trip from New Jersey to Glen Spey, New York. Shmuel Weitzner, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's a pleasure to speak with you. You know what uh, the first question is in conversations like this? Uh, Are you nuts? <laughs> because this is quite an undertaking. I, I, I know what it's like to bicycle for about a mile. 170 is quite a feat. First time you're doing it or you've done bikes? It's, uh, it's my first time. This is it. There are 300 people along it with me, so I wouldn't call us all crazy. Yeah, that's true. No, you know we're kidding around, but it is a... It is a remarkable thing to do, and to train for it must be unbelievable. And uh, I would assume that just like so many other bikers, that you're taking this very, very seriously. I mean, you you want to you want to ease your way up to camp, right? You don't want any struggles along the way. That's true. <laughs> I just actually biked to work this morning, Nachum. It's that's an unbelievable experience to get to work just on your own power. And how many miles is that? Uh, to work, it's about thirty, but I only did about twenty-two of it. And are you, are you able to refresh yourself after the 22 miles? Like, are you could, can you get to work within minutes after doing that? Yeah, they have a shower right here on the facility, <laughs> and then I'm good to go. Right. My, my casual way of asking that question, right? <laughs> Shmuel Weitzner is with us. At the 31st of July, you won't be at work. You're going to be in New Jersey at the Jersey Shore, right? Yeah, my work is, is very understanding, and in fact, they give us one volunteer day each year, and they're very supportive. Oh, very and, nice. Uh, a couple of the people at work even gave, you know, donated to my uh, webpage, and so uh, I'm really excited. I have not looked to see where you are on the fundraising list, but you yeah. must be amazed at some of the people toward the top. Am I right? It, it, it is amazing, um, Nachum. I mean, I see I'm, I'm not up there with the $200,000 uh, people. Right. But um, I, I was. I, I told my wife, you know what, I'll, I'll do the riding. I was, you know, I was nervous to, to commit to such a long ride, but she's, and then... What was really the problem was, you know, ra uh, raising all the money. She said, you do the biking, I'll take care of the money. And surprisingly, um, I just sent out an email to a couple, you know, just the people on my email contacts. 
I just gave out a letter to the people on my block. I told a few people at work. I'm over $11,000. <laughs> Holy cow, that's fantastic. I'll tell you, talk about teamwork, huh? Talk yeah. about teamwork. Unbelievable. Yeah. And all those people will be on your bike, maybe not literally, but they'll be with you on July 31st. That's true. And I look at the website, thebikeforchai.org, and they are over 1.9 million already. Yeah, closing in on 2 million. I mean, they're way ahead of last year, and they still got two weeks to go. So, what do you can what 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 do you imagine? And again, we know the videos are out there in this day and age. It's no secret to everybody what will happen. But what do you imagine it'll be like when you get to camp? Well, I've seen the videos, so it's just an awesome experience. The people who've done it told me how how it's just. Like, if you've never done it, there's, like, nothing like it in the world. Right. And so I'm really uh, looking forward to it. I know it's going to be a tough a tough trek. You know, I could pretty much do anything the first day. I know the 100 miles the first day is, is okay. Uh, it's that second day when you wake up and you're Charlie Horse from 100 miles, and now you have to do 75 uphill miles. Right. That's the problem. Um, but uh, that that uh, the goal line is there, and, and you push yourself because it means to, so much to the kids of, of Kim Simcha. Um, I've been to Kim Simcha a few times. My daughter's uh, spent three summers as a camper at Kim Simcha. Two of my children were staff members of Kim Simcha. Wow. So I'm really, really into it, and I'm, I'm really excited, and uh, I hope we raise a lot of money. The uh, So, I mean, to, to overstate the obvious, day two, even though it's shorter, and it's a total of 175, as you said, not 170, as I said earlier, is obviously much more difficult than day one. That's what I'm told. It's all uphill, right. second day. Uphill. And what you mentioned earlier is that you know after the hundred miles you're right. not exactly not exactly ready to do it again, right? <laughs> yeah. Now I once ran, I once drove hundred miles. There was no way I was going to do seventy five miles the next day. But uh, I'm, that's why I'm training, and I hope I'll be able to do it. Unbelievable. Uh, Shmuel Weitzner is with us live via telephone. Now everybody. Uh, anybody who's raising money, anybody who's a rider in the race, it's really easy to find them on the website, correct? If I if I wanted to specifically support your efforts, that's easy to do, am I right? Yeah, certainly you could give to me, but I'd rather you, uh, if anyone wants to give, I recommend giving to somebody who hasn't reached the 3600 max, you know, limit. Uh, ah. Anyone who wants to ride and has to con- has to uh, promise they'll raise the 3600. I'm I'm past that already, so uh, just go up and down the list. Just go to the Bike for Chai, the front page. It says Our Riders, and you'll see there's about 291 or close to 300 riders. Uh, go up and down the list. I'm sure you'll find a name you don't know, and if you can't find one you don't know, then certainly give it to me. What? Um, when did you start taking riding seriously? Um, well, when I was a child, I always was into. I always was into it, and but I, you know, for the last. Ten years, I would say, I, I was really totally not into it. I, when I worked in Manhattan, and I used to ride from Brooklyn and to Manhattan. But that's you know a joke of a ride, forty-five minutes. The train, <laughs> it's the same time. Um, but two months ago, I just told my wife, you know, we got over the years so much from High Lifeline. Um, just when our daughter was sick, and and all the help they gave us, and it, you just can't imagine how much uh, help and support that that they give and. It's just like treatments these days. You can't imagine how, like, 20 years ago, you know, a person would have been dead, and now they have treatments. It's, right. it's like 20 years ago there was no Lifeline, or actually 23, or whatever the, the number right. is. Now there is so much support and so much help and so many dedicated staff members and people. And uh, Kim Simcha is just an unbelievable experience. When I went there the last time, I mean, they, they have bereavement, Shabbos, and they have all kinds of Shabbos to help families in the camp. And the last time I went there, I said, you know what? The next time I come back here, it's going to be on a, on two wheels. 
So if you are, um, so you are obviously a, a high lifeline family, so to speak. So it must right. amaze you when people who are not from high lifeline families come out and make this type of commitment. Right, right. Yeah, that surprises me because when I went through the list some time ago, um, and in, in all the 300 people, I would say maybe 10 or 15 have a real high lifeline commitment, and the rest are just just people in the community that right. want to help and they come from Israel and they come from Baltimore and Canada and they come from all over the world just to ride this ride. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Anybody specific that you're going to ride into camp with? Uh, or or whatever happens, happens. It, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> I mean, if I could keep up with them, I have a few guys I know from Flappish, a couple of the Hatzala medics, paramedics. Uh, I want to mention Nathaniel Gold and uh, Sully Goldstein and Yosef Axelrod. Uh, some of the guys I've, I've ridden with a little bit, but best thing I, I, you know, try to train by myself. This way, I don't go, you know, make someone keep up with me or <laughs> or me trying to keep up with some of the more advanced riders. If the weather is challenging, you guys go for it anyway, right? Yes, it's. Uh, I mean, there's too much committed here. To I mean, people coming from all over the world, right. it's too much committed to say, okay, we're going to push it off for a couple of days. Um, you know, some people said, I hope it's not hot, and some people say, I hope it doesn't rain, and I say, okay, you, you dive in for no rain, you dive in for no heat, and I'm going to ride. You want perfect conditions if possible, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would guess that your equipment is up to par. Everybody who's doing this has to have equipment that's really up-to-date, state-of-the-art, right? Yeah, well, my, my bike is pretty old, but uh, my brother, just is take, who he rides a lot, and he's taking off a year, uh, I'll mention Rip File, who, who said, you know, here, take my bike, a nice, fancy, uh, specialized <laughs> You know, over a thousand dollar bike, and I mean, some of the bikes there are this won't match up to. They're in the five, six, six thousand dollar range. <laughs> but um, th- this bike is going to do fine for me. Helmet, gloves, the Helmet, whole thing. Helmet, gloves, right? uh, the whole bit. Well, well, I hope there are water bottles attached to it. Yeah, two water bottles, everything. <laughs> I tell you, unbelievable. I give you guys such credit. It's incredible what you're doing. Two days, folks. 175 miles. New Jersey up to Glen Spey, New York. It's for the big, incredible, and just uh, highly emotional world's greatest finish line up at Camp Simcha. It starts on the 31st of July, ends the next day on the 1st of August. If you have not yet sponsored a Bike for High rider, not only can you help someone who may not have achieved that benchmark yet of 3,600, but if you look at the statistics online on the homepage of bikeforhigh.org, you could add to what is very, very close to a 2 million dollar effort a two million dollar campaign which is just amazing Shmuel White's there anything else you want to mention um no I mean it's it's just um, we're just so excited about it and uh, we're really thankful for you for helping us spread the word I yeah. heard Rabbi Scholar uh, you know last week speak on the phone and yeah he and, he, really, he and I are going to do the moped portion of the race <laughs> well yeah I mean uh, all the people that put all this gear on their bike one guy said yeah I just want a motor <laughs> exactly <laughs> that would make it so much easier. If, if not, I may at least have to go for the tricycle division, I'll tell you that much, because it, sometimes it's hard to maintain your balance up those hills, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna go for it, really. Um, there's just so many people that volunteer for High Lifeline. Um, my wife actually does, does uh, driving for them, and wow. I know sometime when I used to be the recipient of rides, and I would ask the person, you know, how often do you drive for High Lifeline? And the number one answer I was given... All these, you know, uh, dedicated volunteers. The number one answer they told me: not often enough. Ooh. That's what most people told me. It, it's really special. The organization. It, it's not like you know you get in the mail uh, support cancer and and give uh, ten dollars and you have no idea hundred dollars where it's going, what it's doing. When you give to High Lifeline, when you see Camp Simple, when you see the children and, and all the four special camps they have there, and and just everything that that they do for the kids, and it, it's just. 
the staff to camper ratio it, it's it's just unbelievable you can't, you can't imagine it and i'm just going to be so excited uh hope hopefully i'll get to the finish line <laughs> and just ride into simcha but I'll, i'm telling whoever's up there at bensi whoever's up there open the pool because when i come riding through <laughs> i'm not stopping i'm just going straight into the pool with the bike and all and 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 that's going to be my my finish line your hot friends may escort you and toss you right in you know what i mean <laughs> if, if i can make it yes <laughs> cool you off shmuel our bets our best to the whites and their family thanks so much for joining us and good Thank luck you. Thank you, Nachman. Listen to you for 30 years. I appreciate it. I thank you for that. 30 years of uh, of JM and the AM, 23 years of High Lifeline. We have tried to uh, remind everybody how amazing a cause it is over all these years. And you have a fantastic opportunity to support them at the Bike for High uh, race, ride, call it whatever you want, starting on July 31st. Go to the website, bikeforchai.org. It is really amazing. Maybe I'll figure out a way to actually be at the finish line somehow. Don't worry, not by bicycle, folks, but, uh, <laughs> but maybe one of these years will actually be there at the finish line. Tuba of morning on a Monday. It's JM and the AM at 25 minutes before 9 o'clock.
Comes from the um, Miami Deddy CD, Miami 26. And that sunshine, of course, is from um, tonight's Hassan. Want to wish a mazel tov to Isaac Benishai and Amanda Markovich. They are getting married tonight. Isaac has been uh, amazing for us, amazing with Miami boys, amazing this past um, Pesach. On stage at the big uh, Miami anniversary celebration. And we wish him and his kala the very best from all of us here at JM in the AM. Scattered thunderstorms with a high of 81. We're at 76 degrees on this tuba av. And I thank all of you for joining us here at JM in the AM. The Israel Show, Mayor Weingarten is going to feature some of the news events of this time of year. Chevron Massacre, 1929. This week. Uh, the Gush Katif expulsion, going back eight years this week. Uh, Second Lebanon War, going back seven years this week. He'll discuss uh, many of those things, all of those things, during the Israel Hour between 9 and 10, during the Israel Show between 9 and 10 this morning on the stream. If you go to Facebook and search the Israel Show, you'll see the Facebook page. 
that has been set up specifically for the weekly Israel show with Mayor Weingarten. If you like that page, you'll be up to date and you'll be able to uh, view a lot of stuff that he posts on that Facebook uh, page on a constant basis. So take advantage. Uh, the Israel show starts minutes from now, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on our stream at jmintheam.org. Uh, I want to thank the folks of Mishpacha Magazine. Uh, a lot of people commented that they enjoyed the article, and I thank you. Uh, it's an article that's entitled, Still Classics After All These Years, and somehow I made it into it. So thank you very, very much. A um, really nice write-up, and I'm there with some other great people as well. So a big thank you to Mishpacha Magazine for that article. Spoke to Sherry Zimmerman and Rosie Einhorn earlier on Dating Smart, Navigating the Path to Marriage, their brand new book. If you missed it, check out the archive section, jmtheam.org. And you'll be able to um, to enjoy that conversation. Eighth day next at JM and the AM. Let's go, Mazel Tov, to the dance floor, 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 Mazel
מזל טוב, מחרוזת חתונה. איזה יופי, אוקיי. אצלכם בשמחות, בלב שמח. שנזכה לחתונה הגדולה שמחכים, מחכים, מחכים לחתן בורא עולם שיצא לקראת כלתו עם ישראל אנחנו מוכנים, מחכים כמה זמן אפשר לחכות חתן, בוא נלך לחופה יותר טוב להיות שמח Thank <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. 
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you with your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Our listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, WNYX Montgomery, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmdm.org. The Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten is next. We closed out with the wedding medley from Avremo because it's Tuba Av. And thank you for joining us here at JM in the AM. Enjoy your Monday. The stream will be amazing today. Again, the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten is next, and it is live in a brand new edition. Tomorrow we're back starting at 6 a.m. Please join us. Till then, Alchem Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.